Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 209 of Lave Radio, the show that talks about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, Colin Phoenix DeFireford, Head of Archives here at the Lave Station, and joining me in a rather packed orange sidewinder for this episode, we have our uh, Lavian Space Program Director, Commander Kurgle. Hey, good evening. We have our Inhuman Resources Director, Commander Shan. Hello. We have our Chief Bar Steward, Grant Psycho Cow Wilcott. Hello. We have returning after a long absence, the Head of Entertainment, Commander Thane himself, Chris Jarvis. Hello, everybody. I'm here. And everybody stand up and salute, because with the Station Commander himself, Dr. Alan Stroud, has joined us for this evening. Hi. No, sit down, please. Please sit down. Please. Modestly. No, I mean it. I mean it. Sit down. <laughs> you at you at the back over there. Sit down. Okay. No, no, no. Kurgle Kurgle's just pushed the wrong button. He's he's uh yeah. So we are not doing anything live today at uh, the Live Radio with the Live Radio Network. Um mostly because we've got a very packed show that we want to get through today. So we'll just quickly go around and catch up to see with see what everybody is doing. So we'll we'll start with uh let's see our chief boss, Stuart Grant. How have you been? Good evening. I've been very well, thank you. Um busy, 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 busy. That's about it. I can't say much more. It's been just manic. We have, as I say, we had a, a ton of of images that need to be painted up before December or before January, and um, it is just all hands to the mill. The bathroom is hopefully getting uh, its final wet coat tomorrow, and then next week, uh, or the end of next week, we should be starting the process of getting tiles on the floor, at which point we can all get excited because that means it's almost going to be done soon. Maybe this year. That's excellent news. Um, Commander Stroud, we are getting requests for a Bramble update. Ah, right. Okay. Yeah, fine. Bramble's gone. Brambles are gone. Hooray! Gone. Well, you know, they were gone, as in when it was dry, they were gone. And of course, it's rained for a few days, and so there's a little bit come back. But you know, we can we can we can stay on top of those. Um, yeah, no, I've we 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 lopped off the last of the garden. Um, we do need to get back on with it. Unfortunately, a couple of other projects have come up. Um, so uh, I pushed out a uh, a journal today, um, as in an academic journal that I do got published, or at least the the, the stuff got sent to the printers today. Um, I I had a meeting yesterday about a top secret project that Chris and I are going to work on. 
That was fun. Top secret. Yeah. Uh, what else did we do? Um, I had a phone call this morning that was very exciting, but also um, top secret. I'm so sorry. I wish I could say more. Um, and yeah, and then we've got stuff, really exciting news that we're going to cover in the show, obviously. You're actually getting as bad as Frontier. Sorry, I think <laughs> we've got really cool stuff, but we can't tell you. Yeah, I, unfortunately, you know, life has become a little bit like that recently. Um, I also sent off a, you know, a portfolio of my work to somebody who I can't can't talk about that either. So, you know, sorry. <laughs> I, 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 I can see ask, a though, theme if you, um, here. If you've if you've cleared out all the brambles, did you have an epic um, blackberry harvest first? We did, we did. Yes. Um, Karen, Karen got great loads of, of blackberries, which was was great. Um, so yeah, so I think that all got you know sort of made into stuff. So um, yeah, no, that was that was really good. Well, the dry weather has been excellent for gardening because you just have to pull the stuff up. Yeah, yeah, so and two days later, two out. days later is. Exactly. Two days later, it's all dead, which is great. Um, unfortunately, it's rained a bit since then, but um, it'll be fine. We will we will catch up. Now it's now it's on to reclaiming the shed because we had a shed three years ago. The roof fell in probably a year ago, um, so I need to basically bin everything that's in it and um, and then put a new roof on it. So um, so yeah. Okay, uh, Dr. Actually, if I oh, if I can jump in there, I think we've missed a trick. We have. Yeah, I'm just realising that what we should do every week is say this is a really good episode of uh, Live Radio. Unfortunately, a secret, we can't tell you or share it with you. Um, but just rest assured that it's excellent. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're releasing quarter four. <laughs> <sighs> Commander Kurgle, please save us. <laughs> um, well, I'm, I've had a busy week. Um, we've been doing more playtesting of my friend's homebrew uh, tabletop RPG, uh, Hinterlands, and that's been really good. We've sort of got the rules in a really good, fun shape to play the game. Um, I also, through chatting with them, and like I was chatting with Alan last week about Star Wars Galaxies, have decided to go prod that with some of my old friends that we used to play on it like 10 years ago. So we've oh, had a few cool. nights of bashing the old Star Wars Galaxies emu server. And uh, that's been a lot of fun. Uh, I'm also currently 20-odd thousand light years out in the black drawing another letter for the fuel rats because that just seemed like a good idea. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, lots of fun stuff to do. And uh, I'm not actually at work this week, so it's mostly painting miniatures, playing computer games, getting through a backlog of films that I haven't watched that I'd like to see. And, uh, oh. yeah, lots of fun stuff. Commander Thane, how have you been? I've been muted. Um, <laughs> I, I've been good. I have been just really trying to get uh, the thing we get to talk about soon finished. Um, uh, yeah, that, that's been pretty much everything. Uh, I think in, in terms of other news, I've been role-playing, um, doing quite a lot of tabletop role-playing recently, um, and, you know, a lot of board gaming and a lot of PC gaming as well, actually. Um, I picked up, um, what's it called? Phantom Doctrine. Because, yeah. you know, I do love these games that on launch get mixed reviews and everyone's complaining something about it being too hard. <laughs> uh, and I have to say, it's, you know, it's lovely. Um, I, I do kind of understand people's concerns with the combat system. Uh, it is a bit weird. It's like you, you hear the developers explaining how they, they thought out the kind of line of sight. 
And it's like, well, we they, they sort of said, well, we imagined that everybody had like the option of stepping out of cover to shoot for free. So when we're working out where the person is for shooting purposes, we calculate that they're standing in all the squares around them as well as the one they're standing in. Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Great logic. Um, but uh, yeah, it's really good. I thoroughly recommend it. Um, and uh, yeah, I've been playing some uh, playing some D and D, playing some Shadowrun. I have to say, I've played a lot of. I've played well, not a lot. I've played quite a few RPGs, and I have never come across something so awkward and fiddly as the character creation process for Shadowrun. All <laughs> over the place. Commander um, Shan, how have you been? I've been quietly being roasted outside and in uh, over the last couple of weeks uh, with the weather. Um, I, too, have been watching people do my garden. So that... <laughs> you, you're saying, like, like, I didn't do any work. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, sat, I sat in the conservatory with my cold beer as, my, as, as Mrs. Shan and three other gardeners pulled weeds up. Well, I I didn't. I went out there and did the did the stuff. So you know, sorry. I, I like Shan's approach to gardening, and I wish to subscribe I, to his newsletter. <laughs> I gave them moral support. You know, I looked very happy when they're pulling the weeds out. <laughs> <laughs> gave them two thumbs up. Yeah. So okay, um, Doctor Toxic. Oh, oh, he's logged. Never mind. <laughs> I'm not going to leave that one again. Otherwise, he's, uh, he's going to be one hell of an angry lumberjack when he gets back. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, let's see. Personally, um, I've been playing a lot of Elite Dangerous because, as as people are already aware, I I am uh, the heart is still working. I'm I'm glad to say. Uh, haven't had anything uh, more on the updates apart from the fact I've been given drugs, which aren't even fun drugs. So, yes, I've been playing a lot of Elite Dangerous at the moment. Um, I am now the proud borrower of a Vive, which I've had working today. And uh, I don't want to come back to reality, Grant. It's your fault. It's very good. Just, you... just wait till you try the Pro and you go, oh, no, that's a better reality again. Oh, shush. Just we need the Lay Radio Bridge crew. We really do. Lay Radio Bridge crew. And, and of course, Tau, Tau has to be the engineer. It just has to happen. We've got two Scotsmen to choose from, and you choose Cow. Oh, technically, we've got Ben as well, but, you know, he's so... Well, but he's sort of a, Yeah, but Ben is a, is a lat Scotsman, isn't he? A what? Lapsed. A lapsed? Oh. <laughs> I'm quite, I'm quite sure you'll have a few choice words to say on that one. I believe, I believe we're 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 almost back to episode one territory here. Please, let's not go back into fan fiction about um, uh, uh, Darth Maul and uh, um, Starbuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which Starbuck? The proper Starbuck or the? New I, I think you may have to listen to it or read it, and then you'd you'd find out. Whichever yeah, one well. floats your boat most, I think is the answer on that one. <laughs> Well, I, well, I must admit, um, I mean, Kurgle, you've already done these, the, but the Ramtar missions are actually quite fun, aren't they? Because that's uh, what I've been doing all this time. Yeah, I had a lot of fun with the first lot. I haven't done the unlock ones for all of the Guardian weapons, but the ones where you're, like, decoding all the obelisks and yes. shuffling 
the different guardian bits in your hull so that you can activate them that that is a lot of fun and from what i understand you get quite a lot of engineering materials doing it now which you didn't get when when i mm, went through it you do uh, and i must admit I'm, I'm now trying to um sample a medusa thargoid that that at the moment is my challenge before i can proceed so yes that's <laughs> i'm bitching out limpets at uh, an anonymous rate <laughs> see <laughs> i read it i love you i love you i really do <laughs> oh, is, that, is that a thargoid paste challenge then yeah you've in order to unlock some of the things in the um for ramtar you've got to go sample some thargoids yeah, uh, no, all I was, three I was, of them. No, I was meaning like the Pepsi Coke challenge. So, <laughs> like, does this Thargoid taste of it better than any other Thargoid? <laughs> yeah, does, to which markers. tastes better, Guardian Tech or Thargoid Tech? You know, that sort of thing. <laughs> well, considering that Guardian as uh, Thargoid Tech melts you, I, I, I think we'll stick with the Guardian Tech. To be honest. <laughs> so, moving on, um, we have had for the first time in a while some actual announcements well one announcement and that is beyond chapter three is coming on the 28th of august this was announced last thursday on the on the live stream and uh, we had a little video um what did everybody think of the video it doesn't give a lot away does it <laughs> no I the logo was quite nice <laughs> <laughs> but it did hint towards Thargoids. Uh, no, Guardian stuff, didn't it? There was yeah, a, a little, Guardians um, confirmed bad guys for Q3, Q4. The Thargoids are going to be our friends. That's that's my belief now. Oh, right. So. <laughs> well, it's quite interesting because they did actually show you part of a Guardian something or other. Yes. Um, it looked almost capital ship size, although it was really hard to tell. Um, but I don't think it is a Guardian capital ship because the Guardians are dead, and unless it's some kind of Space Hulk style thing in a Guardian um, wreckage or something like that, then I can't see it being that. Because if it was a if it was a wreck, why would it light up? Did, well, didn't they have horrific problems with AI trashing their society, and like maybe it's an AI-controlled Space Hulk of death. That'd be quite yes. nice. I mean, that's one of the things that I've been discovering when going through all these logs. I mean, everyone over in Canon has already gone and, and documented the all all of these. So, if you want to I mean, be spoilt, then go have a look at them. But it, it that's actually certain... something I didn't mention too much when I did it, and I really should have put a bit more emphasis on that. You learn so much stuff about the Guardian like lore just by doing those missions, and because you only get a scan every now and again, it's not like there's just reams of text to read constantly mm. you just get a nice little filler every now and again of some bit of flavor text it's great well actually i mean don't you get ramta actually explaining it to you the the actual engineer yeah well you get I'm like getting. audio logs and stuff don't you so it's yeah. that's all the new stuff though the the original stuff was all just um text logs oh right so the the audio came in 3.1 yeah i think so Right, because I must admit, I like I said, I am thoroughly enjoying it, uh, and I think I'm probably it'll probably keep me busy for another week or so. So I'm quite happy there. I mean, Ed and Will did go to the Guardian sites themselves to try and get themselves better weapons for dealing with their, well, how should we put their attempts at trying to deal with Thargoids? <laughs> 
they'll make me look competent, put it that way. But um, yes, so they well, were it, running. It's sort of like, yeah, watching them trying to shoot Thargoids is a little bit watching the Chuckle Brothers trying to do something. You know, you almost expect them to go to me, to you, kind of thing like that when they play. So, yeah. The thing is, Too those soon. guys are really good at engaging with the community and like the people on the stream, aren't they? But they really, Frontier could really do with either getting some of the people that stream Elite all the time and getting them on their show more. Um, you know, they've done it a few times, haven't they? Had guest streamers on where they'll take Will or someone and go and do something interesting. And uh, I think they need to push that more because whenever they do a stream that's them playing, they just look like they don't play their own game. Uh, yeah, uh, that that is something which I think um, quite a lot of people actually see listed uh, in the uh, in the chat that happens with it. But uh, yeah, so looks like we'll get more details about Beyond Chapter 3 in the next couple of days when uh, both Ed and Will are over at, is it Gamescom? It's Gamescom, isn't it? Uh, is this the place where we make predictions and then look completely silly when next Tuesday they turn out to be wrong? Uh, no, we'll just say that we're going to have more details about what's going to happen in the next couple of days. I was thinking we were going to speculate. Uh, you know what? If you if you want to speculate, Shan, off you go. <laughs> okay, here's, here is my speculation. Okay, then. If you remember a few weeks ago, someone unearthed in the store details of two ships, the Crate yes. Phantom and the Crusader. That's right. Um, I think it's probable we will get one or both of those ships. Yeah, I, I, I'm actually, I'm expecting that, to be honest, because uh, I think they've, they've discovered a new revenue stream where you put a new ship out and everyone busy goes mad for the ship and then buys the same paint jobs and the same. Yeah. Kit. The thing is, though, is if it's an Alliance Crusader, you've got Chieftain, Challenger, and Crusader. And if the Crusader is just like a rebadged Chieftain or a Challenger with mm. a few bits of you know different hard points and what, it's kind of a bit meh. I mean, it's almost like you buying a car from the VW Audi group. You know, you buy a Golf, you buy an Audi, or you buy a Skoda, and they're the same car. They've just got a different body kit on them. And if it is that, I'll be a bit disappointed because it's almost like, you know, meh. Do you understand what I'm talking about? And I know, yeah, a lot I, know of work goes in, I know a lot of work goes into ships and the flight model and everything like that, so I'm not dissing it. It's just, it just feels, why do we need another one? If you've only got the time to build and like rig up three ships, give us three different ships rather than three variants of one ship. Because I can't imagine that three variants takes hugely less time to do than three original ships. Yeah, well, I'm still waiting for the the ship kit for my clipper. If he's about to say they could <laughs> knock knock them up in their lunch hour, then you're just ready the airlock. I don't. Now. I don't think that's true, but I think that there is. I, I think it's a false economy to believe that rigging three variants of one ship up is significantly less work than just rigging three ships up from from scratch. If you get what I mean. Is there any more speculation you'd like to talk about? I mean, we've had the, well, the Thargoids aren't, aren't the baddies uh, the Guardians are going to be. 
Uh, do you think? We'll, well, do people think we'll get more Guardian goodies? I think we're going to get more Guardian goodies because it's actually been hinted uh, in again during the Ramtar missions that Ramtar's looking for ship designs. So imagine having a thought, um, uh, a Guardian ship to take on Thargoids with. Would that? What sort? Yeah. I'm just wondering. Would you think that would be a full size ship, or would it be? Uh, Maybe a fighter. I think it'd be a fighter. Yeah, ship launch fighter because they were they were into the drones. You could have ship launch drones instead of uh, instead of onboard crew, Shan. I mean, how do you feel about that? Um, well, my NPC crew are drones, so I'm not really that worried. You know, in terms of they're they're just there, and I don't really care about them too much. So you know. No change there then, except you pay the drones. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I think I think Guardian Sonic or other. Um, I think we may well get more sites. You know, the mysteria, the the stuff, you know, the wreckage and stuff like that. Maybe because that seems to be mm-hmm. a consistent theme. I think we may get some of those. I, I'm presuming that they will pretty much wrap up what the end of the Guardian stuff is for us in Q3 and Q4, won't they? But I think we're going to move on to fresher stuff in the future. So I can only imagine they're going to fill out some more of the Guardian weapon slots, maybe, or some variants that go in the bigger um, hard points. Or even the smaller smaller hard points, because a lot of people are crying out for... um, Class one anti-thargoid weapons, it's especially to take on scouts with. Yeah, I could totally get that. It's a lot more fun to zip around in a little fighter, isn't it? Yeah, the, flying around in uh, in an eagle taking out scouts is is actually probably more fun than actually doing the same thing in a T10. And so... the rebuy and the rebuys are cheaper. Yeah. So I mean, m- moving on. Uh, from that, uh, we have several in-game events which have been happening. Um, it's been announced that the Canon megaship, the Genosis, is moving into a permit-locked territory. Yeah, this, this is, is this is so awesome. Um, go on. I I wasn't super aware of this Genosis megaship. I mean, I'd like heard of it, but I wasn't really aware that it jumped around like it does, and they get to pick the system that it's going to. Mm-hmm. Um, it is going into the middle of like a permit locked region of space and you can't get in there at the moment because there is a bubble in this permit locked region that is like 150 plus light year jump you have to get through permit locked space and this genosis mega ship can jump further than that so right. loads of people are landing up on it in preparation of it jumping i think it's the third or fourth of september and then they're going to go and explore a bit of space no one's ever been in before because it's surrounded by a giant permit bubble. So the, this this um, this bubble is sort of like 150 light years across, and it's completely surrounded by permit locks. That's right. Yeah. Right. Okay. And I potentially put a damper on that thought. Yeah. What, you you because missed the genosis that... coming back, and that's it. You screwed. Well, yeah. There's that, but also. That region of space didn't used to be permit locked. I know. So therefore, you could be jumping around the space, finding out that someone has tagged whatever. Yeah, sure you could. It, yeah, absolutely, you might. But people are just excited about the opportunity. It's an area of space no one's been near for a while, and um, 
you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah. Do you think it's all connected in with what's happening and what's coming in chapter three? It's difficult to say because obviously the player group that got that mega ship into the thing submit their thing to like FDev every month and they decide which coordinates it's going to jump to. So whether it's just FDev have decided, okay, they're going to not let people start exploring that bit or whether it is just a case of they happen to pick it and it fits in their rules and it isn't in an actual permit lock that they're jumping to. Uh, I, I honestly don't know. It, it'll just be interesting to go and see what's out there. Or they've um, they've agreed it and spent a couple of weeks frantically putting some stuff in there. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, I mean, that would be, that'd be awesome. I mean, it I mean, might just you? be like five systems with no... <laughs> no refuelable stars, and uh, we might all be suiciding. Don't yeah, tell your most that, expensive that ship. Be, that would be the ultimate troll, wouldn't it? The, sort of the, the FDF troll. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> it arrives there, and then its jump drive goes kaput, and uh, you've got to get resources to it to fix it, right? Oh, you know what you'll do, people will do, don't you? Go on. Well, you know what I would do anyway. Yeah. I would take a shed load of. Um, unknown artifacts. You <laughs> <laughs> ate bomb it. Well, that's that's nice to know, Shan. Thank you very no much. No responsibility you know, just... for any actions of any groups that happen to follow that particular direction or similar. And are uh, the Labour viewers... radio does not condone you <laughs> bombing of uh, stations or services. Well, come on, if I can think of it within five seconds of someone saying it, I'm sure there are cutters being full of these things on their way already. That's all going to be part of the glorious fun of watching how it unfolds. Um, I will certainly have a ship dogged up on the next ship before it leaves. Mm. Yes, well, um, hopefully I might be able to get back in time for that, but uh, we'll we'll just have to wait and see. So, um, in other... Uh, events. We have the IDA. Uh, they've managed to get Karamov's survey completely repaired last week, and uh, Bowl Landing is now their current target for repairs. So uh, if you fancy shifting uh, a whole load of uh, materials to repair a station, that's the one everyone is focusing on at the moment. Uh, and then we have the Eagle Eye Network has been taken down. And it's by um, Thargoid Sensor Bombing of Dante Enterprise. Um, this has actually been featured in the Galnet article, it which says... Wasn't that, yeah, we well, or was it? <laughs> what wasn't me? I'm innocent. Oh, yeah. Um, well, it does seem that uh, a player group called Halt, is it, was it Hate, Aegis, Love, Thargoids? Um, have now seemed to come into into play, uh, and they have. Uh, well, I don't think they've claimed responsibility, but people suspect them of uh, UA bombing the uh, the Aegis station. They can't even come up with a proper name. Never mind organise a bombing. <laughs> well, they managed to organise a bombing, but they just got a crap name. Okay, well, yeah, they need to get a department of renaming. A department of renaming. Is that is that the same one that had William Shatner cancelling his lo- uh, lingerie line? <laughs> because calling your lingerie Shatner panties isn't great. <laughs> right, I apologise for that one straight away. Now, um, moving on, that uh, 
thankfully Canon are actually quite good at working out where the Thargoids are going to be next. So they sent out patrols all the way uh, around uh, a 60 light year radius. And they have managed to identify the systems uh, of Pebetung and LP-102-320 uh, as being the targets for uh, Thargoid attacks this week. So um, fair play to, to Canon for uh, working that one out. But the Eagle Eye is completely offline. If you try to use it, you just get system errors. Uh, Aegis megaships are in exactly the same place as they were last week. Not really looking good for Aegis at the moment. So Sounds thank like you a Windows Command. 10 update then, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, God, don't mention that to me. Bloody X-52 still not bloody working. But anyway, thanks to Captain Rebuy, that's a genuine name from Canon, uh, for putting all that together. So um, we have a couple of newsletters to catch up on, which will be very quick, I think. Um, in newsletter 240, we had um, the announcement uh, of the Challenger ship kit. Again, is this is this the kind of thing that you're on about, Kurgle, where they, you sort of think, oh, here they come, new ship, new ship kit? Um, like, I am not, but I really honestly think that, if anything, Frontier could do with more artists and creators putting stuff out in the store for people to buy for their ships. I genuinely think there is no end. People will want to customize and do stuff that I don't have a problem with at all. And I would really encourage Frontier to just lavish as much stuff out there for us to buy as they can. Mm -hmm. uh, it's more like if you're going to put three new ships out, give us three different ships. Don't give us three modified yeah, versions is. of the same hull. You know, it's only saving a little bit of work. But I'd rather see more new ships of variants than I would see no more ships. So, you know. So, but yeah, better than nothing, but still. <laughs> yeah, well, like, people love the crate, don't they? People love the um, the two Alliance ships, the Challenger and the um, the other one. <laughs> <laughs> Chieftain. Um, and the Chieftain. So, yeah, given that they're still adding ships in the game now and people are still liking the new stuff, mm. um, they definitely haven't catered to everyone's tastes yet, and it's definitely... Good for variety, isn't it? Um, well, some people buy Golf, some people buy Audis, and some people buy Skodas. So, you know. Yeah. But each um, of those people loves their, you know, Skoda Golf or whatever it is that they bought. Shout, shout out for the Merlin. You know, um, <laughs> shout out for the Panther Clipper. Yeah, oh, uh, love yeah. Panther Clipper. Ooh, shout Merlin! Sorry, it took me a while again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> shout, shout out for the Wolf. Um, the Wolf know, Park the, too. You're joking. Yeah, well, you know the 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 souped up asp that they. Um, I'm not yeah, no, it was very cool. Give Super me an old ship. shuttle so I can dock at a medium landing pad when I'm stuck in an anaconda. No, shout not out. the one shout that. Out. Go, Go on. on. Uh, you okay, first. you first. All right, I me first. You first. <laughs> shout out for the Ophidian. Go on then, you. I was going to say the one that a lot of people would be excited by because it would come with something would be the Moray Starboat. Yeah, that's true. You know, then you're you're into underwater, aren't you? Um, <laughs> or gas or giant, even, so. which which they'd say yeah. were um, the, the early in their planetary implementation list. I mean, I I wish the ship I really wish they'd bring out would be the design or redesign of the Imperial Trader, just so yes. I can pretend I'm in the Liberator. 
Yep, I'll agree with that one. No, I I, I want the Ophidian because the Ophidian was the the ship in the dark wheel, and we we wrote it we wrote it into the law, so it's you know it's there. Um, it got thrown up in ten seconds. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is a it is a rubbish ship, but that's that's the point. You know, you want you want things all across the range, don't you? And of I'll course, go for the worm. A, then wasn't there like a boa, which was like a giant supersized anaconda? Yeah, there was. Yeah. Was the boa bigger than the anaconda? I think so. Yeah, um, I think but... so. Oh, man. Well, on the subject of old ships, actually, um, in uh, Newsletter 240, there was a whole load of origami uh, ships which were discovered uh, as part of uh, an old promotion that they, they, they saw on that. Um, I'll just point out that, actually, I think Dave Hughes worked out how to do every single ship in Elite the old elite in origami and put that on his website, which just goes to show how much of a dedicated nut job he was about that. <laughs> um, and of course there's uh, the, uh, I think, I think they're still available. The, uh, the, uh, the origami ones, which uh, I use for the first version of my miniatures game, those are available somewhere out there as well. Um, oh, on top of that, the Sagittarius Eye has released episode issue twelve. Uh, now, this is their one-year anniversary. Uh, has anybody read the latest Sagittarius Eye? Uh, I read a little bit of it when uh, when it was in draft, because um, you know I, I obviously I, I help them out with a, an article or two occasionally. Mm-hmm. Um, as usual, beautiful product. Um, they do incredibly well in in terms of, of putting stuff out. And actually, when you when you kind of know what's going on behind the scenes, they are they're a machine, man. You know, it, it's it's a proper um, proper worked out uh, setup. So yeah. yeah, essentially, when when you guys you know when when you're getting the issue release. Um, Basically, the deadlines for the next issue are occurring pretty much the same day. So, you know, we're almost sort of locked in as to what the content is for the next issue on the day that the existing issue is is going up. So, you know, it's um, it's pretty much all go. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, they they've they've gone for a pretty pick cover, um, which I really like. Um, there's a, a selection of content. I, you know, I wouldn't want to spoil it too much for people. I'd say go check it out. There's some good articles, and um, you know, they keep a a good um, selection of different things happening. Um, got a bit of got a bit of um, you know blending of of real history into this one. Um, dealing with a few contemporary issues. You know, talking about the crate. A few things. Um, there's plenty for for alien speculators. Um, Nostradamus in the corner can uh, can can go find out a little bit more as to you know what he thinks in terms of, of stuff. So yeah, you know there's there's a lot to uh, lot to look at. Nostradamus. Yeah, yeah. You were you were all all about the predictions today. So I thought you know I'd give you a name. If it wasn't he like mostly wrong and a complete <laughs> head case. <laughs> if the cap fits, man, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I go if it's two weeks on holiday. I. <laughs> And I bring the level of 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 information and thought to of the to the show like way above where it was, and I didn't yeah. sell it honestly. Yeah, well, considering you know. there wasn't a show last week, you that the only way was up, Jan. So you know, I, I, I don't know. On some shows, it probably would have been more slicker not to. Uh, anyway, 
Moving on. Well, we've also got to cover um, newsletter 239, which, well, let's be honest, it, they were in silent running mode, to be honest. Uh, we had the fabulous Predator packs for the Ferdinand and the Challenger. Not my favorites. Uh, and there was a mention that the final item from the original Kickstarter for the Elite Dangerous RPG has now been completed. That was the GM uh, screen. So as we are talking about completed Kickstarters, um, I think we'll hand over to Chris Jarvis and Alan Stroud for the next bit because you've got uh, a completed Kickstarter to talk about. Probably. <laughs> probably probably best that I talk first then because the fact that it's a completed Kickstarter is is kind of me and then Chris can, can kind of go into the detail of what the gorgeousness is of the completion but um, oh my word is it, a, is it an absolute relief to finally um, get the last pledge reward out after, after such a long time and you know I, I don't want to go over the, the background of stuff people know you know what happened if they don't they can listen through to a few shows but um yeah it's taken us a long time to get to where we are uh through no fault of, of people working on on the things that are there they've been incredibly dedicated um and so the audio drama of elite Lave revolution is out it has gone to all the kickstarter backers and um who you know who were who were due to get it and the updates are there and really for me the lovely thing is, is you know, and I sort of always thought this, is if I ever do anything else on Kickstarter, I never wanted anyone to ever feel that I didn't fulfill, you know, the pledge rewards that I'd set out to do. So um, it's lovely to be in a position where I can kind of say, you know what? Yeah, you know, I delivered. Yeah, it took a long time, but I delivered. But most of that, you know, that that delivery and that that quality <gasps> is down to not me. Um, in you know, in sort of this last reward, but it's down to Chris's amazing work. Awesome, yeah. I'm just watching Grant on the stream, uh, showing off his uh, Labour Revolution USB cards, which he has already. Um, yep, yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, they arrived awesome. this morning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they are sexy as, aren't they? Um, you know what? What I mean, the yeah, the card itself mm. is something we've we've kind of seen with a few things, but the artwork on that and and shout out there to lisa trot who did the um the reader of the um of the flame design um for that you know it's it's gone through three artists actually it went through the person who did the original um painting and then uh, mobius did a, a tidy up and um, then lisa just produced something absolutely sexy so it's it's lovely yeah they're really cool they're really cool and i've got uh yeah I'm, I'm ship, shipping is in progress on those USB cards now. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to say really about the audio drama um, because I'm sort of aware that <laughs> that it's been a while since we've talked about it, um, and I'm not sure who kind of watching the Twitch stream or listening to the podcast knows or doesn't know about it. So I'll give you a I'll give you a pricey of it sort of from the beginning. Um, obviously, Alan's book was one of the original books to be released uh, alongside kind of alongside the launch of Elite Dangerous um, and for a long time I've been working on uh, a full rather than it being an audio book this is a full cast audio drama so for anybody that listens to Escape Velocity 
I probably don't need to, you know, really explain necessarily what that is. Um, but, uh, you know, life evolution is a very different beast to uh, escape velocity. Uh, and I think Alan and I are both really pleased with the way it's kind of come out. Um, because even though in terms of the production, it's been very similar to how I do escape velocity. And obviously in terms of the technology that I use and the sound effects I use, and, and even to an extent, the music, there's some crossover. I think tonally, Lave Evolution is, is, is a very different creature to Escape Velocity. Um, and I've made some significant efforts. You know, I think because, I suppose because I felt that Alan had written a lot of music, which was really designed for Lave Revolution, And then I ended up using a lot of it <laughs> for escape velocity um i was kind of aware that i wanted to keep the kind of real character of the lave revolution soundtrack for for lave revolution so even though it's you know even though in a sense it's the same music library and you'll there will certainly be certain bits that you hear that will feel very familiar to to escape velocity there are definite um other bits where it sounds completely unique, and it, I kind of let a lot. Of, I, I, I let the music lead a lot of the narrative, actually. Lave Evolution. Um, I think the best thing I heard was when uh, we were playing the sort of the clip of it at um, LaveCon, and someone was like, "Is this Blade Runner?" No, 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 it's not Blade Runner. I was like, "No, no, it's Lave Evolution." Like, wow, that sounds amazing. Like, Are you using the Blade Runner music? No, it's all original music kind of thing, um, which is fantastic. And uh, so, yes, yeah, a full cast audio drama. Uh, it has, as Alan says, for you know reasons, taken a long time to to actually see the light of day. Um, but we've been in a position this year to be able to finish it. Uh, we have a fantastic cast. We have Toby Longworth, who is uh, an absolute god of audio drama. Um, I mean, I say he plays Helderbank Kell. Uh, he plays, you know, it's Toby Longworth, so he plays like several people. <laughs> I think he's he's about five of the main kind of male characters. Um, we've got Verity Croft doing the voice of the computer again. We have obviously Kareem Cromfley putting in up fantastic performance as um, Dr. Walden. Um, we have Beth Eyre, who has joined the cast this year to finish up some of the parts that were missing. Um I don't know how much this community kind of knows Beth Eyre. You probably don't. But if you listen to the podcast um, Wooden Overcoats, which I thoroughly recommend you do because it's an absolutely fantastic, you know, real kind of British sitcom type podcast. Um, she's in that and she's absolutely wonderful uh, and she's lovely. And she came up and did. Um, and in terms of the rest of the cast, you know, there'll be some familiar voices in it. Um, Liam McCauley is uh, the sort of main, well, not really, there isn't really a main character in Labour Revolution, but he's, um, Pietro Devander, who certainly leads the early part of the narrative. Um, and he plays Dallas in, in Escape Velocity. Uh, and a lot of the a lot of the regulars in it, you'll you'll hear Amy in there from time to time and Janet's in there. Um, and and I, and I in the end I'm even in there. <laughs> you have to play Spot the Chris. Um, every now and again there's uh, you know odd moments where because I was sort of had to pull the project out of mothballs after a couple of years not all of my record keeping was up to date. So it's like every now and again, you come to a scene and you're like, oh, I don't have this character. Or, oh, I don't have this character. So I kind of uh, ended up stepping in. The one particular one I want you to listen out for um, doesn't sound like me <laughs> because I, I, I was recording with um, Janet 
uh, one morning and it was the day after I just finished a show that I'd been in a theatre and we'd been out drinking till about four or five o'clock in the and then I'd got up at nine to record with Janet who was coming around to record this part and I heard myself on the microphone and she's like you sound really weird and I'm like I do I don't sound like me at all so after she'd finished I thought, do you know what? While I've got hangover voice and I sound like a completely different person, I'm going to record a part. <laughs> so uh, that's that's the story behind that character. So yeah, they sound a bit more gruff than I normally do. Just to, um, to, to jump. Yeah, I mean that's. Sorry. So what? <clears throat> I just wanted to jump in because um, obviously um, the, the download link was live was a couple of days ago. The yes. So sorry. Yes. So I should explain. It's been on pre-order for a while. Um, I had originally intended to look, to release it at LaveCon, um, but as I say, because of these odd things coming up with, you know, suddenly discovering that bits are missing or things weren't quite what I expected when I, you know, got back into the project, um, it's taken me much longer to finish those last few bits than I thought. Um, but it is now out. Uh, I sort of didn't, because I've been sort of pushing it back. And putting it back, I didn't want to keep talking release dates with people. Um, and because there were so many of you lovely Elite fans and LaveCon attendees who pre-ordered it, I just wanted to get it out and make it available. So it is um, it is already up and available for sale. So if you go to tinyurl.com forward slash LaveRevolution, that will take you straight to the page. Uh, or if you want to have a bit of a look around, you can go to um, www.radiotheaterworkshop.com. Uh, that's my website and you can there's a there's a late revolution thing there and you can click on the store uh, and see some of the other things we do so i'm really excited to, to to finally hear kind of what other people think about you know how it sounds um and particularly more than you know the first 10 minutes which i think people have heard a lot <laughs> by now um because it's such a good opening that you know we just we just play it to anyone who'll listen um but yeah the whole thing is there now and it's you know for those of you who don't know this is uh it's an absolute beast it's five and a quarter hours it is you know it is the entire book rendered as faithfully i can with, uh, as faithfully as i can with the cast and um you know to put that in context i mean i've been working on escape velocity now for a long time as well i think in terms of runtime Lave Revolution is longer than all the episodes of Escape Velocity so far, back to back. So, you know, there's a lot of it. I might be wrong about that, but some, someone else can do the maths. Um, but I think that's right. So, yeah, it's an absolute, it's an absolute epic of a space drama. Uh, I'm personally really pleased with the way it sounds in terms of the music and the effects and, the you know, the performances. Um, so I think it's... You know, it's brilliant. And it's, there's a lovely kind of synergy with the fact that, you know, this year we've been dealing with, um, uh, you know, trying to trying to gain independence for the LAVE system and obviously the Alliance kind of coming in and shutting that down. There's this kind of lovely synergy with the sort of releasing the story of LAVE's first revolution uh, in a year where, where we've been trying to support a kind of second revolution, um, which is, you know, really nice. <laughs> Uh, Grant, do you want to just jump in there? Yeah, I just wanted to sort of, well, one compliment, Chris, because I've had a, a listen to a, a good wee chunk. I've not got through it yet. It's going to be something that will form up a huge part of my morning walks and enjoying it uh, with full concentration. However, 
it gave me goosebumps when I heard the music kicking in again. You know, it took me back to how much I loved Tales of the Frontier and the use of Alan's stunning music to emphasise tension. And, you know, when you hear it kicking in again and it just, ah, oh, it fits all those audiobooks perfectly and yet... It's just, yeah, it's, it's got the benefit of all of your experience since then, and yeah, it's something special. So if you're sitting there thinking, oh, this sounds interesting, don't sit. Go and get it ordered. Come on. Now. Click it now. Now. Yeah, I, I mean, I was just going to say, it, it's sort of, although I'm looking forward to, to finally listening to it, there is a little, little tinge of sadness because this is the last ever thing that we've had from the original kickstarters uh, and that's it now um they're all done all those that were actually produced so there's a little bit of uh, uh well melancholy that you know that's it's it surely an opportunity for a whole bunch of new projects to bubble away into the surface mm. <laughs> <laughs> well everyone's had a rest <laughs> yeah well i mean Chris and I obviously um, have had a, a great run at, at doing, you know, doing stuff with audio drama. Chris utterly loves doing it. I, once we've got a good project that gets me, you know, gets me interested, I'm keen on 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 writing music for it. So, you know, I I don't think it will be the last thing Chris and I do that is kind of science fiction and is kind of audio drama stuff. So, you know, I, I think we'll we'll probably move on and look at you know look at something else a different setting maybe but you know we can always come back to to elite if frontier want us back then um you know we'll we'll do some more um i'll certainly write more if um if they decided that uh, that they wanted to go with another another written project but um you know you've got to fit that in with other stuff yeah absolutely and of course there's more i mean there's more escape velocity to come as well um well, I've got the, uh, the the remix of series one. There's still one episode to finish on, that, um, which can happen soon once I've got you know all the stuff kind of up to date for Lave Revolution, um, and uh, and obviously the series two remix is coming up. So if you want to find out more about that, do go to um, uh, laveradio.com forward slash escape velocity. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is, I mean, it, it's for me, there's been kind of a cyclic thing because when I came back and did series three of Escape Velocity, everyone was like, wow, the step up in quality, you know, is is significant. And it's partly because I'd been doing so much on Lave Revolution that then when I came back to do series three, I had all of that learning that I'd done for Lave Revolution pushed into series three of Escape Velocity. And then going back into Lave Revolution, and I've actually, and I've literally, been through every single scene it's not like i've pulled out a you know three-year-old project and and just re-exported it in order to re-export it i had to do work to every scene and replace characters and do all kinds of things um and so every single scene has had a new touch to it this time which is why you know it's, it's taken so long um but it's that that experience of working on escape velocity three um series three again has now fed back into Lave Revolution. And actually, Lave Revolution is now a better audio drama than it would have been if I'd been able to release it when, you know, when it first started. So, uh, so do you feel really like you're doing a George Lucas special edition then on Escape Velocity? No, it's not so much that. It's more something like, um, oh, I don't know. It's more something like, I'm trying to think of a project where 
like someone started working on it and then that person died and somebody else came in and kind of finished it based on the original director's sort of recordings and notes kind of thing. Um, it's funny because, you know, I, I think I'm quite good with writing stuff down, but I'm aware that I do keep a lot of my projects in my head. Um, and Labour Revolution kind of proved that because I had loads of stuff that was really well documented. And there was other stuff that when I came back to it, I just had no idea, you know, what what where certain things were. It, it was like kind of rediscovering the scenes for the first time. Um, and I would say most of you know, in terms of where I'd got to in, in, in a very rough cut, all of the last, you know, part five is, is new, has been created, you know, new this year. Um, and the, but like I say, every other scene um, has been completely kind of done. So um, it's a little bit, yeah, it's a little bit, someone said uh, director's cut, it's a little bit of a kind of director's cut. Yeah, but they then said Justice League, which... <laughs> <laughs> <Which wasn't, laughs> it's not not really a great comparison um no i i think just to chime in on what you're saying about rediscovering it um i mean that was part of the thing for me at lavecon was that actually you know it's been long enough that you know i wrote it quite some time ago and so listening to the dialogue being you know being performed uh i i don't recognize having written the dialogue and that's quite a strange thing, you know, and but it's it's a lovely thing, you know, in 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 itself, because you listen to it again and you go, uh, oh, that works. You know that, you know, I can I can hear the the kind of them provide, you know, the actors providing the invitation and kind of making it better than, you know, than I ever thought it would be. So, yeah, it's I mean, it was it was incredible to listen to the excerpt that I listened to um, uh, the other day. And like Grant. I have my copy. Um, I, I always feel a bit weird about that, though, you know, um, listening to my own music, reading my own work. Um, <laughs> I feel a bit weird about that. You know, I don't, I don't think it don't think it's a thing that you can do very easily. Um, I guess watching your own films is a little bit easier, but um, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, obviously, you know, I'm I, I, I'm listening for, you know, Chris's work and for the amazing work of the actors. Um, so. So, yeah, but it, it does feel a bit strange yeah i think it's i think when you're listening to your own stuff I, like one of the things that for me is a mark like a good episode or a good moment or, or like a good bit of writing is is when i get emotionally caught up in my own stuff so if i can listen back to a section of labor revolution mm. and it gives me goosebumps or it makes me kind of tear up or whatever then that's um you know that's absolutely fantastic and you know there's there's bits of escape velocity even where i listen to it and even though that's i mean it's a bit different with Lave revolution because it's alan's writing uh, and i and i've just sort of adapted it but even with escape velocity which i wrote there's moments that i listen to and um i just you know i find myself kind of just welling up with the drama of because uh, you know that's one of the things that i get emotional about i don't really get emotional about sad stuff in fiction there's kind of dramatic moments and uh, and I think if you have something that does that with your own work, you you know you're onto something good. And there's you know there's stuff that I've been even just in the writing for series four of Escape Velocity. There's been moments where I've been kind of sitting and working on it and kind of welling up just writing it because I can feel the drama of the moment. And if I can translate what I'm intending from the emotion of that scene into what I've actually produced in audio, then I know I'm onto something. You know, I know I'm onto something absolutely fantastic. 
Um, and there are definite sections in Lave Evolution that even as the creator, you know, give me goosebumps. So um, I should do the kind of proper selling bit, shouldn't I? So <laughs> um, this, is, this is where I, I'm, I'm terrible at marketing. So what we have on the website, if you go to tinyurl.com forward slash Lave Evolution, um, what we have is there is the download version and there is the version that comes on the USB card. Whichever version you decide to buy, you get access to the download straight away. So if you buy the USB version, the, the download one becomes available in your account to download straight away. So you can just start listening to it. You don't have to wait for the post. And then the USB card with the stuff on it will go um, you know, out to you, you know, in the post. Um, or there's just a download edition for people that don't want to um, uh, fill their houses with clutter. Although I have to say the, uh, the USB cards are lovely. And um, yeah, and the good news is that I had a delivery today of more of the envelopes that I shipped the USB cards in because I was about to say that because of the, um, the pre-orders that we'd had, um, I'd almost completely run out of envelopes. And I was going to say that only the first 10 people order tonight would actually get it shipped. But today I took a delivery of loads of more envelopes so I can, you know, I can fulfill as many people as ordering. Well, I shouldn't say that, should I? I should say go and... Uh, Go and rush and buy it before I run out of uh, envelopes again. Yes, it's create a demand. <laughs> so he uh, got ten stamps. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, one th one thing we might have to point out. I mean, this this is a full audio drama. It's not a a narration like we had with the with the other books. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, go and go and listen. If you go to uh, again, if you go to that, was it tinyurl.com forward slash lave revolution you will see on that page there is a thing that says listen and it's the the first um seven or eight minutes of lay revolution it's just on that page just go and listen to it um and you'll hear exactly what it sounds like um it starts like that and it carries on like that you know for the entire rest of the drama so uh yeah do go and check it out so yeah um i don't think there's anything in the chat room i think everybody in the chat room seems to be quite happy to 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 go give it a uh a, a listen to um Anybody got any any questions? I am looking forward to giving it a listen myself. Yeah. So, uh, well, Mr. Psycho Cal, did you want to talk about pirates? No. <clears throat> Is he still with us? I'm in. I'm. I'm uh, he did explode. I'm he in a big huff. Going into the dock. You're in a big huff. Yeah. I just nursed my ten percent hull back to Colonia, and <laughs> and then got stuck in the slot with a beluga. Oh God! <laughs> blown up in the slot. Oh. oh! You don't need to worry about pirates, do you? you, you you're, you're your own worst enemy. <laughs> no, I, I just kind of I, just a while back I was chatting to people and I came up with a thing that seems to be. Um, just missing from the game that something that could be added as another sort of play style another way of doing that and um i i can completely see the problems with the idea too but it's data piracy and in, in data that, piracy. well data piracy so you have a pirate who has a data scanner now they will want to find explorers and they'll want to scan and the longer oh. they scan that ship, the more data they've got a chance of pulling from that ship. So basically stealing exploration data from ships. Um, 
obviously I think you know the circumstances need to be that it's percentages and small percentages and it also plays into not blowing the ship up because then you don't get anything and it also opens up the fact that the quicker that exploration ship can escape the less data that they'll lose but I thought it'd be a nice uh, addition to the game I can't think of a quicker way to push all of the explorers into solo play well, it's, <laughs> but you see that that's kind of um, uh, yeah, that's the kind of the sort of point of where you're not engaging in in what's going on in the universe and stuff because you can bypass it all by going to solo. And I know that's a big well, problem. unless you have unless you have a, uh, NPC data pirates. Well, I mean, yeah, that's, I mean, the, the other problem you've got with it is the fact that you've got someone who goes to Saji and it's, it's whether or not you've got the ability to scan everyone's full data or whether or not there's limits to it. But I think the time scale for scanning data off someone leeching that is an interesting part that I've, I don't know if it, you know, it would add a, a sort I think of what you could maybe do with scanning data is have it so that they can, like, hand the data in and collect the money for it, but you'll never get a first discovery off someone by stealing their data, you know? Yeah. But, like, me and you can both go scan the same system, and Lave Station will still buy the data from both of us, so I don't see why they can't just duplicate your data. Well, this is what I'm thinking. I'm all for yeah. that. It's not like... I'm, um, going, I'm going to make a bad joke alert, but I kind of have to, <laughs> is that you could have a special space station for it and call it a Pirate Bay. So when uh, when we finally come back <laughs> on air, <laughs> but I thought you know the, the, the issues the issues I with think it. We've, I think we've I think we've got the episode title here, haven't we? What space tumbleweeds? <laughs> no, just just bad jokes or bad puns tonight is is basically is is probably going to be tonight's episode. Alan, you haven't been on for a while. This is what it's all descended to into anyway. Oh, uh, okay, fair <laughs> enough. It's a lack of your influence for some good puns. <laughs> uh, I I'm not sure I'm a pun person, I'm afraid. But anyway, yeah, no, sure. I, I like the idea, Cal, the, the ability to take other stuff than than it's, cargo. Yeah, it's and, a non-destructive you know, it, it's quite a good idea. piracy, and I thought it plays into the game a little bit more high tech, and um, you know, g- getting the the idea that you're being scanned, you know, you're being scanned, so, so instantly your attempts are to break that lock to get to jump distance and get away which is something rather than turning and getting into combat it's a sort of more less aggressive form of piracy and the only downside is if you do it to the point where you don't sort of steal the data completely then there's a danger of people just winging up and basically copying sharing all their exploration data yeah and that, yeah. that kind of doesn't work in it but I like the idea of sitting there and you're waiting and you know there's an explorer coming back into the system and you're sort of hiding out there and they come in just encouraging the fact of explorers coming in with a wing of people to protect them as they come in and then these data pirates just trying to get enough time to scan and get something off that ship I think it's a a kind of lovely visual idea of gameplay yeah I mean that's the the issue with all when you've it is a form of PvP where you will end up with a winner and a loser, and the, we've already seen that there's an awful lot of salty losers out there. Uh, and I must admit, if if I'd been coming back from Sajay and we've got you and your T9 waiting waiting to jump me, 
just to scan oh, my my only first discovered for quite a while, I'd be livid. <laughs> I must admit, it would be as bad as smashing into the the cheese grater, and <laughs> I'd have to stand up, walk away for a bit. <laughs> oh God, that's that's my fourth T nine, and uh... <laughs> I think your I think your paint job is cursed, cow. Yeah. Haunted. <laughs> Which paint job? You, oh, it's the cow, isn't it? Yeah. Oh dear, we have Mr. Witherspoon asking about Drabble-related things. I think we'll move very quickly on. Um, we do have the fantastic Galnet news from Mr. Witherspoon later, don't we? Yeah, I believe so. I've not looked, actually. All right. Okay, we were just checking. So, yes, we'll just remind everybody that after the show that we have... Um, uh, Commander Witherspoon's fantastic Galnet news. Um, do you fancy going for a advert break? Eddie Lee Wise here. Our family-run business looks after all your sartorial needs. Whether you need something to turn your pink python purple, or you want to wrap your buns up in a nice tight flight suit, Millsburn Ken can sort you right out. He's an expert at inside leg. And my wife, Barb's, is a whiz with a sewing machine. Bespoke tarting for you and your ship. Visit Eddie and Sons, plus me daughters, at Lave Station. Right, sir. Cough, please. <coughs> oh, folks. Want to tour the frontier? Another one Travel with Colmac Reeve and our new fleet of passenger Starliners. We've opened up the universe for a range of budgets. Option one. Luxury. My husband and I like to travel in comfort. The new luxury cabins were like a home away from home. After all, one's home is a castle. Option two, first class. We'd saved up a bit for a really special trip. The first class cabins were like nothing we've travelled in before. Really luxurious. Option three, travel cabin. We won a trip with Cormac Reeves' monthly lotto. A travel cabin for two on a Starliner around the solar system. Once in a lifetime for us, simply amazing. Option four, basic accommodation. Me and my mates just wanted to hitch around the universe. It's so great that we have the option of getting a really cheap cabin to see the sights. It saved us loads. And for the budget conscious and slaves, we have our cheapest option yet. Well, I needed a... And we won't sell any of those frozen passengers into slavery. I promise. Colmac Reeves All Budget Tours. Seeing the galaxy from luxury to freezing tubes. Hello, we are we are back. I'm just going to turn everybody back on. There you go. I'm not going to turn everybody back on that. You guys are dirty-minded. I'm going back to my corner. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. After after the the random whittering that was going on north of the border, um, we have a few community corner things to mention tonight. Um, the first off is uh, I've seen this happen, uh, mentioned a lot on Reddit, uh, but has everybody seen the Pad Hog video yet? I have not seen the Pad Hog video yet. Oh right. Well, we'll what we'll do is we will put that in the in the show notes for other people to to see. Um, as I think the guys that have done this uh, particular video, um, they've, they've done a live action uh, 
couple of commanders and managed to integrate a lot of the the UI quite well and put it into a funny script as well. So um, we, we've got to uh, right. salute those uh, those two who have managed to put together a, a decent five minute sketch. Um, so who who would like to talk about the compelling argument for changes to high wake arrivals done by Sensi Matty? I saw this on Reddit. It is really cool. It's just a short little like 45 second minute long video where he's taken how ships arrive from Super Cruise into a new system mm-hmm. and he's just stretched that animation out a little bit and varied it so that your arrival point based on the size of the star you're arriving at. It is a tiny little change seemingly and yet it makes a dramatic difference to the effect of you arriving from a supercruise jump. And um, it was just something he posted on Reddit and said he'd like to see them change supercruise to make the arrival animation a bit a bit better. And it really does add the scale a lot. I'd love to check it out in VR because on a 2D screen, it um, it, it already looks super impressive. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's just really good. And I mean, basically what it's doing is it's slowing down, say, the extreme range of being in the solar system you're arriving at. From that point to the star is spread over three or four seconds rather than like a millisecond. Oh, right. And and you actually see the star growing up to the size that you arrive at. It's very cool. And his mock-ups are, are really cool. Yeah. I must, I must admit, I did have my first experience today of arriving in a star system in VR. And yes, that, that was definitely one of those um, pant-wetting moments because you just it, it's a whole different experience moving from the flat screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well, this animation basically captures some of that feeling but using like a current 2D. Um, yeah. what, what was that, Chan? Um, yeah, I was going to say the biggest thing I noticed when I moved to VR, when I play in VR, is the sense of scale in everything just goes off the charts. Mm. You just can't compare. You know, yeah, I play on our 34-inch normal monitor. Yeah. And even that is nothing like it is in VR. No. I mean, yeah. I, must, yeah. I must admit, I am getting a whole new appreciation for this game, thanks to the Vive. And, uh, yeah... So um, now, um, Fahrenheit 17 also posted a, an instrumental piece of music on uh, on Reddit as well. Um, who would like to talk about that one? Well, um, I've had a listen, um, and we did have, you know, for a long time. Obviously, we had a an elite dangerous group on uh, Reddit, which I think when they uh, not on Reddit on SoundCloud rather. Mm. Uh, for music, for music inspired by Elite Dangerous, and I think they, I think they got rid of groups, unfortunately. So um, we no longer, yeah, you know, we no longer have it. But um, it, uh, it was a lovely, you know, sort of period of time, and had lots of great composers coming up with things that that you know that the game inspired uh, in them. Yeah, this is a nice piece. Um, you know, it's a guitar-y style. It's a good instrumental. Um, uh, you know, there there are. There are many very good pieces of music that have been inspired by Elite Dangerous. I, I, I don't really know what else we can we can kind of say about it. It's just I think uh, we, we're going to salute every single person who actually comes up with something really amazingly creative with Elite Dangerous, and uh, 
just to highlight yeah. that no, it is a very creative yeah, I, community. Yeah. I gave it a listen. It's not to my taste, but it's well made, and I'm sure if that's your flavor of music, it's kind of it's, it's kind of it, epic industrial, uh, uh, not epic industrial, epic <laughs> instrumental rock. You know, and it's nice. It's good. Um, you know, do I would say to people, you know, if there's if there's music that they want to listen to, yeah, there are there are a lot of you know of great instrumental pieces on a on SoundCloud that have been inspired by Elite Dangerous. Please do go take a listen to them, and we still play lots of them. I, I think on on the radio, don't we, Grant? Yes, I don't know if you can hear me. I don't Hello, know, Grant. Or, or they can't hear me. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Yeah, can you hear me now? Yes. Yes. So we still yeah loads of that stuff on the late, the the live radio. The whole um, which moved the live radio. I don't know, about a year and a half ago to a, mm-hmm. a a more one that allowed us to play sort of copyrighted music and do a mix. Uh, but I'm really glad and happy with the the feel that it still feels like our first station, and when those uh, original pieces come in from the various people and the other composers, Mindwipe and um, Two Quiet Sons and Crikey, so many of them. Um, yeah, yeah, they're still playing and they're awesome. They give me a giggle every time I hear Allianz. <laughs> <laughs> Or Charlie, or um, you know, I mean, my stuff's on there. Um, the the guy from guy from Code, um, whose name has has kind of escaped my head. But you know, there's kind of a, a sort of um, piratey vibe to some of the stuff that he did. Uh, Jamie's version of of the Frontier theme, which is you know, is, is cracking. Yeah, there's you know, there's a lot of of really inspirational music that's come out of people playing the game looking at images about the game and really you know getting that kind of epic space feel and interpreting it in different ways um you get that and it, it what's what's interesting is some some of it's quite classical some of it's a bit you know a bit more rocky some of it my stuff tends to be a bit more vangelis um yeah um well moving on we've got um sushi underscore cw also from reddit um he has created a video of how to drive an SRV into orbit. Has anybody seen this one? <laughs> no, but well done. <laughs> <laughs> there were people doing that, wasn't there? And yes. when the um, and Genosa, I think it was, was in orbit around Mutron Hollow, and the gravity of the mega ship would allow you to pull the SRV up into orbit. And <laughs> you could you could actually um, chase after ships in your SRV, so they'd jump into normal space and use their thrusters, and your SRV could then chase after them. Yeah, I mean, I th- I thought I saw them actually lift an SRV on the front of a of an of an anaconda. Oh, or was, was that just me imagining things? Because I thought that's how one of the. The only thing I've seen vaguely like that recently was Malik was boosting his SRV along the surface just underneath one of the giant Thargoid landing sites. Uh As he was flying through the air, a Thargoid came down and flipped it with flipped him with one of its like fins, and that shot him practically into orbit, but he exploded. So I'm not sure that counts. (laughs) Oh, would have loved. There was a video, wasn't there? Where someone got an SRV inside a space station. Did you see that? Oh, oh no! But that sounds that great. Does fun. Ring the bell. Um, yeah, they 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 managed to get it inside the space station, but obviously they couldn't dock or anything like that, so it just kind of expired and blew up. But mm-hmm. it was very funny to watch. 
Now, one of the one of the big things that has happened in the community lately is that um, a bunch of uh, groups have all got together and put together a factions game pay, game play proposal. Now, um, has anybody actually gone into any detail with that? Uh, I've had a read through it, and I've mm -hmm. commented on their forum thread, actually. Uh, there's some really good stuff in their proposal that is worthy of merit. Yeah. But there is also some stuff that I find highly dubious and and worth a more in-depth investigation of the repercussions for. And what I'd really like to see them do is chop it up into, like, I mean, like, tell them from software development, can't you? I'd mm -hmm. like to see atomic commits, please, where all the changes were proposed separately, as opposed to one giant, because, I mean, it's a, it's a big document. With it a is lot a of, big document. A lot I mean, of they... really complex ideas in. But, yeah, I FDEV actually said in that forum thread that they are, have passed it to the development team who will read it. And they need to read it because there are some really good, solid ideas in there. I just hope they don't take it and implement it wholesale as proposed. But, you know, that's well, just my opinion. I'm sure that there are plenty of players in that thread that seem tickled by all of it. Um, yeah, I mean, I've had a look through it myself. I mean, most of it seems pretty solid. Like you, there's there's a couple of things in there I'm thinking, oh, not sure about. But, um, I mean, fair play to them. They've been hammering these ideas between themselves for about a year to 18 months. So... Uh, it's it's nice that they're 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 that enthusiastic about um, putting forward suggestions to the game. Yeah, I mean you can tell that they are passionate about that area of gameplay, and um, yeah. you know I do I think that everyone is kind of agreed that the background sim could do with a little bit more massaging to make it work better. Yeah, and uh, a lot of, like I say, there's just, just lots of really good ideas in their document, but it, I mean, it, lots of them you could do without implementing the whole thing, and you could make a relatively simple change to the game now, and everyone would benefit immediately. Well, fundamentally, I mean, Andy, you did um, some of the the campaign downtime with with Maelstrom, didn't you? Um, yeah, I used to run a big groups uh, Maelstrom. Yeah. Bless them. Um, the um, one of the things that you kind of had in in games like that, you know, and and, and different games uh, uh, about it when you're when you're looking at, at sort of your faction, um, if it if it's focused on your faction or on your your you know your system faction or your you know your your greater faction, was actually a little bit more that connected you in terms of having um affiliation with that you know having some kind of player faction tools i think yep. is is essential um because if you don't have that essentially you know where we are at the moment for the most part um adding influence to your faction in a system why is it your faction well because you identify with it not because actually there's anything more that kind of you know connects you other than the you know you get nice comments from the the people who are at the the space station and say oh yeah we really like you and you know and you see your rating and stuff but actually having some some tools that uh players who reach an affiliation level with a particular pmf or you know even with you know dare i say it with um 
you know, with a, a you know interstellar faction. Um, but then, of course, you're getting into big game levers, and Weather Frontier wants to to let people have those. So, you know, yeah, I but, mean, I think it was quite t- the the way that they went with power play. Really, for me, was their statement of intent how they want that to go. If if you thought they were going to pursue the sort of player-driven story of that side of the galaxy, power play would have been PMFs, wouldn't it? And you would compete to push your PMF into that power block, and there would be loads of emerging gameplay around it. But with any system like that, where there's a huge collection of effectively conflict, mm-hmm. there's going to be um, there's going to be winners and losers. And I think Frontier wanted to steer away from that sort of level of conflict or indeed you know they could have gone with the version of power play that i secretly previewed and and got ed lewis um very very frightened on april the first i think it was 2016 uh, <laughs> does anybody remember nobody remember oh, just me so i i basically i i i said that we were gonna we were gonna have some special preview of power play and um, of course they had they'd announced the name but they hadn't announced any details and um then what we we produced was a graphic of sidewinders and a football and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he was terrified and other people i got told off i got lots of people in the community going you know um oh yeah, that was really really crap what you did to it you know uh, making it you know, though, like, come on that's pretty good timing with the launch of rocket league and i wonder if they owe you some um <laughs> some idea rights there yeah yeah might be it you know sidewinders in a football I mean, it's it's quite ironic that you you mentioned the background simulation uh, because power play was really proposed as the as the kind of um, well, not the end game, but the way that most people would communicate in groups. Yet, in turn, everyone just went, "No, we don't want that. We're using the background simulation instead." I mean, the thing is, though, it's like a hundred times more interesting. Well, for like, I know we've had people on the show that really like. Uh, power play and all that mm. entails but for me i would much rather play the background sim where you can actually see the states of a system changing based on yours and the people you're opposing reactions yeah power play it's like can we deliver more letters than them and it yeah. really is just that um i, I oh i know it, it sometimes feels that power play has been seen as the postman pat simulator and as soon as someone said that that's it everyone's just given up with it without giving it a try but like you said that there are people that when they i mean play power play they play power play maybe i'm misunderstanding it but like every time i've tried to do power play the only option i've really got to gain influence is deliver things mm. um yeah so i mean we haven't heard anything more about the power play proposed changes it's that's that debate seems to be continually raging on in the forum so um, i mean the difference i think is with the background sim i can be interested in exploring and i can go out into the black and that can push a system's influence or mm -hmm. i can be interested in bounty hunting and i can go do some combat and that'll push the system's influence you've got choices you can go find something that you're interested in that will also help the system that you want to affect the influence of Mm -hmm. and that just isn't the case with power play you are just you have a rigid system of goals and objectives and you do the same thing over and over again and that's why I prefer the BGS. Okay, Grant, and then Alan, if you want to jump in there. 
Did I? Did I? I can. No, I can was, do. That I've... was before that when That was that was to do with the Vive. That's way past. Oh yeah. right, fair enough. Yeah, my my two were also. I've I've already made both of those comments. So uh, oh, yeah, all right. Um, okay. No, I I just I mean I just echo obviously. That it's quite clear, certainly from the special episode that we did with um, uh, with Mangle, um, the the fact that um, essentially the background sim you've got two different types of player, and I think I hadn't been as 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 aware of this as um, as possibly as you know as I should have been. You know, the fact that you've got players who essentially are playing as this is my faction, I am upping my faction, and players who are playing as no, this is the you know this is the alliance, this is the federation, this is the empire. We are working on behalf of you know the entire um, interstellar faction. So you know, yeah. I mean, it, it's quite interesting to sort of see that people are playing the BGS in those two different ways. Um, and it it does actually you know it's quite clear that certainly from the 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 lave control situation, um, it it is. Generally, you can see that emerging gameplay comes out of the manipulation of different groups. And, mm. um, you know, what you want is, you know, you want to make sure that it doesn't become completely kind of um, directed, as it were. You know, so you, you log in every night and go, oh, God, I've got to do some more of that again. You know, you don't want that. You want it to be, you know, to be varied and interesting. So the more ways in which the BGS can be um, sort of poked at, I think, I think the better and the more outcomes more emerging outcomes the better yeah one thing that i've always admired about anybody who does the bgs manipulation is you're not really doing it for any in-game reward i mean in power play yes you can grind to get these prismatic shields but you don't have those same kind of rewards for working your particular faction it's just kudos yeah and, you know anybody um, who just plays for kudos it's not even like in-game kudos. You don't get titles or anything for no. uh, pushing, you know, into systems. No, people um, have gone and created their own ranks and stuff like that by themselves, yeah. based on what's happened in the game. They don't yeah. actually. There's nothing official in game to say that, though. Do you yeah, I think it's really where, cool. Sorry, do you think some where squadrons would then come in because presumably your squadron leader mm -hmm. could then maybe look at the uh, the effort their members have put into advancing the the bgs yeah and assi assign ranks and stuff based on that so if you, if you're a recruit then you think okay you're you're set a goal by the squadron leaders who i don't know get get allied with the faction mm. then that then becomes a way of almost like making more formal yeah progress yeah, I think I think you're on, you're onto something there, Sean. Which is why everybody was disappointed when they said there was a 250 player limit, because everyone's thinking, right, I can now join this squadron here, which will be the squadron for this one, one particular faction. When actually, because of the player limits, you might have to have several squadrons to work for that particular faction. Yeah, I mean, like that's one of the things I didn't like in the proposal that was on the forum. I mean, I don't want to go into too detail because it just sounds like I'm saying it's awful and there's some really good ideas. But one of the things they suggested is that you can, like, pledge to a minor faction in the game. Mm -hmm. Like, you can pledge to a power. And I quite like that idea, but they think you should only be pledged to one at a time. 
and like where we have people helping us in lave from other communities and we go and help other communities from lave or the hut and truckers go and do stuff with all sorts of communities it would be very limiting if you had to pledge and there were cool downs and and cool offs or changing your affiliation to be able to go and pitch in in a thing that was happening now um mm. Yeah, well, I mean, we're still waiting on further feedback or proposals for um, both the squadrons and, of course, the carriers that um, are coming with us. Um, we did get noticed that some people have uh, have been reserving squadron names, though. Yeah, have we uh, got live radio nailed down, or is uh, one of our competitors going to get that? You know what? I have no idea. We've, um, I, I don't think... Sorry? Let them have it. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think we've been asked. Um, I, I. I mean, in a way, you know, we're not. Um, you know, I think there's just a web form you can go and reserve your name at. And, yeah, and they'll get back to you. But they did. They did send out some. They did send out some invitations to particular groups. Um, uh, whether that was automated or not, um, I, I. You know, I know other groups have received those. Um, those invitations. Um, I don't think we have. I'm not sure, though, because, of course, Lave Radio Network, I don't know who the, the email would go to. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We're really organized, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's an anarchistic cell, right, where we only know the person above us and the person to the left. It, it's actually um, per platform, isn't it? So presumably yeah, we'd have, to right. have a Lave Radio PS4, Xbox, and PC uh, edition. Yes. Anyway, well, moving on from there, um, we've got uh, a, a final couple of things to mention. Um, one thing I've discovered lately is that there is a, an app on the Android platform called Amino, and it's basically a, a, a social media sharing app and there is an elite dangerous community there with about 29 to 30 people on there and they would like more people to talk to about elite you know talk with or share ideas with other people for who play elite dangerous so um just to make people aware there is uh, if you're on android and you, and you want to talk to people while on the go there is the amino app and just look up the elite dangerous community it's quite easy to use um and other news well the Space Junkies podcast had a very interesting interview with a gentleman called Scott Brown. Now, for the for those of you who don't know, he's the guy that actually created Jumpgate, which I do believe is I, I can't remember whether or not it it was a toss up between Star Wars Galaxies Jump to Lightspeed, or whether or not it was the first Twitch based MMO. Um, I just wish Ben was here because he was a real Jumpgate fan, and and I played a couple of played it for a couple of months it it i don't remember it at the time i was a massive star wars galaxies fan when it was out but the last star wars galaxies expansion i bought was jump to light speed and it sounds very similar to that doesn't it um yeah well jump gate was was unique because it was full newtonian physics and it had a very similar uh similar uh, economy model to Elite Dangerous, but on a lot smaller scale. So um, basically you had these stations where you had to take engineering, uh, you had to take basically mining uh, materials to the station, otherwise the station would not produce anything, uh, anything else. So there was a kind of 
from the ground up economy. But um, unfortunately, and this is one of the reasons why I get a little bit annoyed with seal clubbers, um, far too many seal clubbers got in the game and anybody who was new was started just got jumped on straight away. But for those of you who want to uh, to hear how how the game was put together, how it was run, and whatever happened to Jumpgate Evolution, which was supposed to be its follow-up, um, pop over to the Space Junkies podcast, which we will put a link in the in the show notes, uh, and you'll be able to to hear. It's a very interesting interview, even though I do think they get a, a couple of facts about Elite Dangerous wrong. Um, now, does anybody really want to talk about the Chris Roberts controversy about Star Citizen, or shall we just leave that one? We we kind of can do. I mean, you know, the the I think the the takeaway is that he's um, he's responded in an article and an interview with PC Gamer about uh, the pay to win concerns. He's kind of given a designer's viewpoint of those pay to win concerns, which um, is the kind of when people are designing economies, it's one of the the sort of standard things when you are looking at um, how you want the movement of the economy to work. Um, you're in the middle of the gameplay experience, but what it's not doing is it's not factoring in how to um, how to have enough sinkholes in your economy to ensure that the inflation doesn't become ridiculous. And uh, making the very, very poor mistake of, you know, of, of purchasing uh, in-game cash. You know, I mean, the fact that, you know, the, the thing that he's discussing, the fact that, um, that they've removed the cap on the purchase of in-game cash um, is compounding an error that you have the ability to purchase in-game cash in the first place. Um, so, yeah, it's, you know, it's kind of a... It's it's going to make something that is they've made the wrong choice on in the first place, uh, on a number of levels. It's going to make that even worse. I am really keen on like the Kickstarter goals for Star Citizen, but everything they do about monetizing their ships puts me off having any interest in playing the game. Yeah, well, I think I'm, you know- I'm afraid to. Oh, right, go on. Yeah, one of the one of the the really bizarre um, situations of it is that um, as a Kickstarter, um, should I be able uh, stages during development be able to log in to liquidize my backing, sell it to someone else, and use the pro- proceeds to buy a different backing? To me, they've got a a marketplace for the game built on real world money without any consideration for what that's saying about the game. This is the kind of setup that leads to people killing each other when they blow up their ship because it cost real world money. And I think yeah. it's a very, very unsafe platform. The game well, it, is, yep. is looking good. Um the optimizations are slowly coming through. It's becoming more and more playable. Um but what's the point? And that's the problem they're going to have is, is this game going to justify the monetary values? Can it ever possibly? And what about- Well, the, the, issue, the issue is that um, essentially one of the things that Chris Roberts said in the article was that, 
well, you know, this this kind of money thing doesn't matter because actually that's one way of playing the game. Actually, you can go off and you can do all these other things. And it's like, dude, you don't get the fact that you've given people a, effectively a barometer. And, you know, people play games and they play games, you know, and they, they work out what what is their um what is their 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 achievement you know and they they use measures to do that whether that's cash whether that's something else but the point here is that you know we know from experience in elite dangerous one of the main things that people you know see as a barometer is i got a better ship i got a bigger ship i got a you know and what this mm. is doing is is basically flooding finding a means for people to to pay to win in terms of their own win goal of getting a collection of all the best ships or of um, you're getting the biggest, fastest ship, etc. And as soon as you've done that, you know, don't you get bored? And it's quite cynical, too, to think of a game designer who's sitting there and going, well, everyone's disposable income is different, so what we need to do is make sure we've got a method for people who've got thousands and thousands of pounds to just get everything they want. Because, you know, those are busy people, so they want to pay for that. You know what I mean? You're designing a game. Yeah, I totally agree. It's it's horrifying. And to the people that want to play your game, and it's the great game for them, but who don't have that level of disposable income, it's not like there's any way of playing the game to get all those things just by playing the game. But it's, but it's, it's, it's also, it's the very fact that the reward is usually not the takeaway. This is this is the point. In terms of game design, you think you want the reward. You know, it's I get this. You know, quite a lot with um, some of the the discussions on Phoenix Point. People ask me questions about the backstory. They ask me questions about about stuff relating to it. And you're like, if I just tell you the answer, you're kind of going to go, oh, and you know, and then you know, and about ten seconds later, you kind of don't care anymore. If you have to earn the answer, if you go through the adventure or you go through the mission or you go through the different thing and you, you know, and then you achieve the answer, the answer feels so much more rewarding. And actually the thing you take away afterwards is the great experience you had getting there. You know, when you're just making it, oh, well, you can throw some, some of your real world money in to get some fake world cash and then you can just buy that. Who cares? Mm. You know? Why are you going to play? I must That's exactly um, right. And that is actually an issue, I believe, that um, plagues elite. Um, because, really? Well, I think so. Because if you yeah, ask, I'd agree. If you, if you ask most players mm. what is game progression in elite, oh, yeah, the tiers of ships. Yeah. They'll talk about tiers of ships, they'll yeah. talk about credits, and they'll talk about pilot federation ranks now that's fine i mean the pilot federation rank you could argue is a is progression but ships and credits i don't call them progression they're enablers and but for most people in their experience of online games money prestige gear are the three things that they measure their progression in and they they project that onto elite and then they say oh, well there's nothing to do i've got the biggest ship and the most money and whatnot mm-hmm. and not taking that kind of well actually i could just go out into the black and explore for years on end and you know there's not that kind of softer form of progression in a lot of people's minds there's also there's also the problem with the sweet spot 
which is and i know this from you know from coming back to the game after after some time out um you have to be very careful and it's a trap that designers can fall into in that they design the game so that a couple of years in this the playing sweet spot is a certain level and so what they do is any new players they basically make it easier for them to get to the same level as the other players mm. and that that's a trap that's a trap because what you're doing is you're only thinking about this one sweet spot where everyone's kind of you know kind of playing in what you should be doing is trying to think about if if you're a starting player make it just as hard because you still want to achieve in the same way but then vary the experience more you know and 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 similarly at the the medium ranges and then at the top range do something different there so rather than continually thinking about this sweet spot design and i know it's harder and i know it's more complicated to do that um but if you if you do it right and you you vary that across the different levels that people are at you know you you you've got so much more longevity whereas if you're continually thinking of this advancing sweet spot it's not happening your economy either no i must admit when i've i've started i wiped my save and started all over again with my um my steam account and the the way to get up to a cobra in a couple of hours when yeah. when we first started it 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 took at least a, a good couple of weeks uh i mean admittedly i don't actually like that because it just you mm. just jump well, over some of the the I eagle started to save, the other ships i started to save a few weeks ago and um you actually get a mail in your mailbox, don't you? And it gives you a, uh, a mission immediately that pays out like 100,000 plus credits. Uh, that's more money than I earned in my first week, I think, playing Elite. But isn't that, though, how online games work? Because when they first come out, everything is notoriously difficult. Mm. Sure, sure. Uh, and then if you like, the wikis come out, and the YouTube videos and the flavor of the month bills comes out, and then the, the credit gold rushes if people find the gaps in the way the thing works. And then sooner or later, within a matter of months, what started off as pretty difficult is now you know, comparatively easy. And then so four and a bit years on, it's now got to the point where, I mean, I had a second account I started a while ago. And within twelve hours, I'd earn an anaconda. Sure, exactly. And like, I honestly don't think it is a huge problem because someone coming into the game now, I'd actually rather they got into any ship that they cared for quickly and enjoyed the game than um, was stuck in like a sidewinder for six months, thinking, "What am I doing wrong?" Or... Mm, well, no, but that's that's just down to the actual uh, progression mechanics. It's not down to yeah and. It, it's not down to the actual. Uh, well, it could be down to player ability in this game. I'd, but and I'd flip that around. I know, you know, I know one friend who had an amazing experience, basically um, <laughs> gutting his sidewinder, so it was a sixteen-ton trader, and mm. flying the, on the seat of his pants. You know, basically as far as he could to try and get save money up to get to something else. And then, of course, when he's got to something else, he's kind of bored. You know. But the time he had was this, you know, this thrill a minute, um, tiny sidewinder trading that he was doing. That was that was the amazing time for him. So, yeah, you know, you you got to earn these things, and you know, if 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 they're given to you too easily, then it's not about that's not like a a kind of. Um, I mean, the the issue I have is that everybody goes right. I'm going to go and get an anaconda in twelve hours, but the problem is, is I don't like the anaconda. It's 
it doesn't show the game off at its best. Yeah, and I mean, it depends what you want, doesn't it? If you're, it, if you enjoy flying little ships, why on earth would you rush to an anaconda? Um, and, and yet, I mean, people do, and 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 that, and I think it's a really difficult one for Frontier to to counter because I think when the game first started off, yes, the anaconda was the thing to have, but mm-hmm. this kind of blaze your own trail you know, the game is whatever you make it, culture, was 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 very much present. Um, but now as we've got things on like engineering, uh, we've got uh, CQC ranks, it's basically what, what's happened is as they've added more ships and content, it's given people the room to... Um, to I actually think that engineering is on. a... I think that the engineering is a bigger barrier to like a new player because when you're fighting NPCs that come with engineered chips, you kind of have to keep up with the Joneses to be able to. Yeah, I mean this to like just, fight off. Them. Just just to kind of carry on, my thought is, I don't even remember when Multicrew came out. Um, in the beta, Multicrew payments were quite substantial. Yep. Um, but then they changed them, they reduced them, and the comment given by David Braben was people were earning too many credits mm-hmm. uh, as a new player than what? You know, so basically, you're all earning too much money, uh, we're going to reduce it. And for me, the message was the game is all about earning credits because you're now earning too many. Yeah, and, yeah uh, that's a fair point. Uh, and that kind of official statement, I know it was a small, it was a small comment and stuff like that, but it, to me, indicated a change in the thinking. And I'm not sure if the game can support that level of progression because people tend to be content locusts. New content comes out, and I bet we'll see this next week. Uh, new, ten- new content will come out. People will mm-hmm. get all the goodies and everything else like that within. 20 minutes, uh, they'll play around with it, and they'll say it's a mild wild and inch deep. And there's Same no way a, and, and a, there's no way a developer can possibly keep up with the rate at which players consume content. It's just, uh, it's just not possible. I, I think we're into a wider debate here that's probably better for a you know a longer yeah. time and a better you know a, a more of an episode. But um, yeah, there's there's a lot of issues sort of around that. Um, Colin, I think um, if you if you're reading the um, the pop ups on the orange sidewinder, I think it yes. might be time to start uh, start thinking about uh, our, yes, we, our last bit. We are thinking about the last bits that that did begin to run a little bit uh, longer. Mind you, that's just like the the Kickstarter for Star Citizen, really. But moving back, <laughs> we have the, uh, of course, the Lavery uh, Lavecon 2019 has now been confirmed between the fourth and seventh of July. For those of you who are interested, or those that you have been to Lavecon, you will find a a large amount of uh, photos have just been put up by uh, by Oliver. Um, our official uh, photographer. Uh, you'll find the, them at gallery.oliverfacey.co.uk, Lavecon 2018, uh, where you'll find, um, well, you can have a look and see whether you can see yourself. I already found myself and it looks like I'm smelling a fart. But 
Uh, yes. So in other news, we'll also give a quick shout out to, of course, the CQC Discord server for uh, those of you who want to, to have a game of CQC and having a bit of difficulty. Um, we do know that since they've made changes to CQC to allow smaller groups to start games, CQC's picked up a bit. So um, actually, if you go into CQC and use the CQC Discord channel, chances are you'll get a game quite quickly. Um, now, at the moment, we have um, quite a few people in the uh, in the chat room, so we'll, we'll we'll thank everybody there for for turning up. Because uh, let's be honest, it's uh, <laughs> there's quite a few people in there that have got names that I'll have no chances at pronouncing. So uh, I think um, you should try. Oh no, no, I'm not giving anybody else the comedy value, and I don't think my heart could take it, to be honest. So. <laughs> Um, just before we, we sign up, has anybody got any final business they want to just quickly cover? Well, uh, it's it's worth just just mentioning that um, yeah, we're we're at LaveCon in the same place, um, mm -hmm. so it's the Sedgebrook Hall Hotel, um, and similarly uh, the Ollie's Ollie's Picture Gallery. Um, what I can't do is I can't post the link in Twitch, so I was going to try and post the t link in Twitch, but I can't because um, Twitch eats my links. Um, so yeah, you can also find it on the Lave, uh, LaveCon Facebook page. Um, that's that's also somewhere where you can uh, you can pick up his link. But it is gallery.oliverfacey.co.uk/lavecon2018, um, where you can uh, you can pick those bits up. You have now been granted moderator privileges. You can now post that link. Oh wow, wow, cool. Okay, well, uh, you know. has he passed the driving test? Well, uh, it's too late because uh, Chris has already posted it up for all yeah. those who in the chat room who want to have a look. Cursed is I, I received my my privileges and then I was immediately emasculated. You should abuse those privileges to post a link to your audio book so Ooh, that we can. Yeah, yeah, yes. Well, I believe I believe Chris did that earlier too, but um, I'll I'll definitely do that. I'll do that now. Yeah. So um, I guess. That's it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, then you can email info at laveradio.com, facebook.com slash laveradio, and at laveradio on Twitter. You can join the Discord chat channel by going to discord.io slash laveradio. Did somebody take a sudden in intake of breath then because they wanted to say something? I can tell you that I still can't post links. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 somebody said I had moderator privileges and my, my link's been deleted you know <sighs> never oh, mind <laughs> we'll, we'll sort you out don't worry it won't be, won't be a problem so yeah never mind <laughs> so uh, let's see uh, you can join our TeamSpeak server uh, where commanders come to hang out and chat at teamspeak.com teamspeak.laveradio.com Now, Lave Radio is recorded live on Tuesday about half eight and streamed out at laveradio.com slash live. So, thanks to Alan, thanks to Chris, thanks to Grant, thanks to Commander Kurgle, and thanks to Commander Shan, and thanks to all those commanders that have joined us in the chat room on Twitch uh, tonight. So, until next time, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous. Something having orange inserted into it.
safe one. Net News Digest, 21st of August, 3304. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, Ashling love scandal rocks empire. Zeno Boffin gets his collar felt. Egghead's plan trip to Cone Nebula. Sagittarius Eye sounds different. Ashling love scandal rocks empire. With less than a week to go before the royal wedding, scandal has rocked Semias with the revelation that Ashling has been two-timing her husband to be Jordan Rochester. Sexy slavery supremo Jarl Teredo dished the dirt to journalist Solomon Helios this week, claiming that his secret sex romps with dishy diva Duval had been going on for several months, right under the nose of the straight-laced federal ambassador. Now that Torito has been forced to leave the anti-slavery charity he co-founded with the People's Princess, he seems to have no compunction in betraying his one-time sweetheart. But besides the salacious details of games of zero-g poke the prismatics and hide the sausage, Torito raises a far greater concern, claiming that the 28-year-old Blue Rinse Princess has no romantic interest in the boring federal diplomat she's due to marry. If she's not interested in the ambassador for what he packs in his pants, what political scheming is going on between Ashling and Rochester? Is Semia set to secede from the Empire? Will the Federation provide military backing to an attempt to wrest the Imperial throne from Auntie Orissa? Or is Ashling a modern Catherine the Great? Is one man just not enough for her insatiable sexual appetite? The wedding day, Saturday 25th of August, is shaping up to be a very interesting day. Zeno Boffin gets his collar felt. Following two weeks of arrests of far-god cult members, prominent academic and exotheologian Alfred Yulianov has now also been arrested by the Federal Intelligence Agency. Research materials and computer filing systems have been impounded and are being scanned for evidence that Yulianov may be a Thargoid spy. Yulianov's public statements have been ambiguous, indicating that he understands and sympathises with the Thargoid cult members, but that he also feels revulsion for the way they identify with an alien culture. 
Yulianov has also said that the Fargod's sworn enemy, the Church of Eternal Void, believes that the long-dead Guardian civilization will soon rise up to defend us against the Thargoids. Campaigner Juanita Bishop has reiterated that this series of arrests provides conclusive proof that society is riddled with dangerous Thargoid sympathisers. Meanwhile, senior agent Mika Whitfield said in a statement that the FIA's net will soon widen still further, taking in other religious groups such as the Galactic Interfaith Commune and the Spiritual Freedom Movement. In related news, with Dantec Enterprise disabled by Thargoid sensor bombing, something that has effectively shut down Aegis's Eagle Eye Thargoid early warning system, the finger of suspicion is pointing at another group of Thargoid sympathisers. This pacifist group, going by the acronym HALT, which stands for Hate Aegis Love Thargoids, could prove a major threat to the defences against the Thargoid invasion. An early victory for HALT came on Friday, when they deprived renowned bug hunter Edward C. Lewis of his steed and he was obliged to remlock home with a very long face. Egghead's planned trip to Cone Nebula. The Gnosis is going where no man could go before. The megaship, which is owned and managed by space boffins Canon Interstellar, will complete its current commitments before jumping on the 6th of September to the Cone Nebula, an area of space surrounded entirely by impenetrable walls of permit-locked systems. The area is accessible only by megaship. Commanders who want to hitch a ride are advised to be docked on board by the evening of Wednesday the 5th of September. The Gnosis will remain in the Cone Nebula for four weeks to allow a detailed exploration and cataloguing of the systems there, before jumping out towards the Formidine Rift. Commanders are reminded that if they're not on board by the morning of 27th of September, they will be stranded. A bit like Commander Edward C. Lewis. Sagittarius I sounds different. Stylish, full-colour coffee table magazine Sagittarius Eye is now available as a podcast. The magazine has chosen to use a robot voice, which sounds far better than any human voice could ever sound. Welcome Sagittarius Eye to the world of podcasting, from Amy, the voice of Garnet News. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News. We read the news, so you don't have to.